Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Flow Grappling fans, to another episode of your favorite jujitsu podcast, A Fistful of Collars. Joining me in the studio once again, we have Will Safford, Reed Connell, Chase Smith, and myself, Howell Teague, here to break down the best of the jujitsu news from the last week. And another interesting week, I think the first thing we should do is we should jump straight into the biggest winners from last weekend because we had a stacked event. Three events, sorry, stack, stack weekend, three events in two days in Los Angeles. We were there on the ground. Man, let's, uh, let's begin. Grand Slam, King of Mats, Subversive. Who were the biggest winners from the weekend? For sure, Herberth. Herbert Santos, looking like his old self again. He was, took first place, took gold at the uh, Grand Slam, LA Grand Slam. Um, submitted his opponent in the final for that. I'm not sure how many submissions he had getting to the final match, but then the next day at the King of Mats also took first. I think he submitted two opponents, just looking dominant, you know, willing to stand and do his whole judo thing and really going after people. So, um, yeah, Herbert is back. On fire, absolutely, Herbert Santos. I think we got a little clip going on right here that we can play. You can see some of the highlights from uh, Herbert's uh, time at the uh, King of Mats here. But like Will said, man, dude was on fire. I think all the, t- the week leading up, we were asking ourselves, we were asking everybody, is Herbert Santos back? That's the question we always ask, right? right? I, that's every, true. every event we say, <laughs> oh, man, is Herbert back? Is he, he's back now. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah, he's back again. Like, Which Herbert was this we saw that last weekend? I mean, he's obviously back, and he won both events, by the way. It's easy to conflate, you know, King of Mats with the Grand Slam, but they're two very distinct, separate events. He had to do a round robin on Sunday versus, like, nine of the other toughest dudes uh, right now in the heavyweight division. So amazing to watch Herbert when he's on. Uh, aggressive stand-up. He had several submissions in King of Mats. I think he had at least two or three uh, toehold all day. Mm-hmm. So it, it's so fun to watch Herbert yep. compete. Herbert back to yanking on yanking on heels and stuff like that. I gotta he, say, that was a dirty pass to Mount right there. And mm, then that wrist loss, wrist lock. That, that's vintage Urban right there. Vintage right? Santos. <laughs> Told, that, this was one of the matchups right there I was looking forward to Hudson most at, at the entire weekend. You know, any any event, Hudson Mateus versus Urban Santos. Um, you know, obviously Hudson is, is on a tear lately. And I thought that one was going to be a, a really great matchup. Ended up being Urban kind of blew the doors off him with that uh, toe hold. Um, so, Man, I'd have to say I totally agree. Herbert won the weekend for me. Guy was on fire. Won how much did he win? 
Ten grand? Ten grand. Ten grand a king of mats. Ten grand. And then 2,500 for the Grand Slam. That's not a bad weekend's work, right? $12,500. Plus he's now in the running right now for the UEJJF rankings, which is a $25,000 bonus to win that at the end of their season. And because he uh, won the king of mats tournament, that also uh, means he'll challenge Alexander Trans next year for the heavyweight title as well. Because, of course, the winner of this tournament uh, was the one who would then qualify, go ahead and... And compete for the title next year. So right, because of the original cool. King of Mats last April they had three divisions: light, middle, and heavy. And now they're going to have the champions from each of those divisions face the challengers, which is now Herbert Santos and the heavyweight man. And Herbert Santos, I mean, man, we we talk about this all the time, don't we? About how he's such this um, polarizing figure in jujitsu. He's one of those guys people love to hate him. But um, I did notice some comments from uh, from the fans and from the viewers that they were saying he looks different. Right, the whereas back in the day he used to mess you up and then laugh like immediately after. Mm. Nowadays he taps guys out. He still messes them up, yeah. but he's like helping them up and he's like <laughs> giving them a hug and he's saying to them, "Good job, good job." That's uh, that's quite a, a quite a, a, a turn in direction for that guy. Maybe he's maturing a little bit. You know, he's he founded his own team. He's coaching. That might affect some changes in him. I don't know, but he did look. A bit more, a bit less of a villain. Sometimes Herbert <laughs> is like terrifying and scary, and this time he just was a badass competitor to me. Yeah, still, still terrifying and scary, but to, to, <laughs> to a slightly less degree. I, I do agree that he did look a little different. He looked a little bit more like he was, uh, you know, cared about his opponents. <laughs> um, he even said to me actually um, that. You know, he's had to figure a lot of stuff out this year. Mm. Like 2018 has been a transitional year for him. He uh, he left Atos because he was with Atos, right? That's and right. He, formed, he formed his own team. And he had to uh, go from becoming... Um, well, he went from become, being just an athlete to suddenly having to figure out how to be a manager of a team. To, you know, like training other guys. To training himself without, the you know, the, the, the supervision of a coach or the input of somebody. And um, for somebody who I think he's 23... No, years yeah. old really Still oh yeah guy. oh wow Still a young guy? Yeah. yeah yeah a lot of miles on those on that clock right there that guy's been around right he's been a, a high level black belt since what i don't know 20 years of age um but uh, you know a transitional stage in his career as much as anything so i guess maybe some of those pieces starting to fall into place maybe we're now seeing the results of that absolutely i mean it was not without his ups and downs last year Herbert, you know didn't have a great year by his standards so um, to see him back on top form is fantastic. Yeah, of course, he, he uh, missed Worlds this year as well. That was a, a crazy, you know, we definitely missed him there. Um, so it's good to see Herbert back, I think. You know, um, like you said, didn't have a great year, but it definitely looked like he he was focused, he was ready, he was doing all the vintage Herbert stuff, like you said, the, the wrist locks, the toe holds, um, the, the, the judo big takedowns. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it was good to see Herbert back. Hats off to, <laughs> I, uh, I to agree. Hats off to Jackson Souza, though, because True. he was the, uh, you know, he made it to the final in the King of Mats, and he was the only guy who was able to take Herbert down. I think he was He's the, the only, only person who scored who on scored Herbert. Points, yeah. Which is what I don't understand. Like Herbert is so electric when he's on his feet. I don't understand why people even try to stand with him. Like, <laughs> I mean, you've seen his passing guard. too, right? You don't want to. He's got really dynamic yeah. passing. It I seems mean, Hudson, like Hudson Mateus has one of the best close guards in the game, and he he pulled guard on Herbert, and he couldn't do anything. You know, got to hold him he, less than he, a minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He got submitted. So, Herbert's got that 
this crazy standing footlock where he just arches his back and I can carry a guy around the mat. It's he's insane. tapped guys with that, yeah, right? Yeah. He's yeah. straight up just Igor Silva. Up I think yeah, he was, he was right? dragging Igor Silva, across a fucking giant man, across the mat with a footlock. Insane, savage. Well, I think this is the uh, this is the point, isn't it? When we uh, we reveal the special message that Urbeth has for none other than Gordon Ryan, because Ooh. Gordon Ryan. The king, they call him. Well, Urbeth won the king of mats last weekend. Let's cut to see what Urbeth has to say. Fala aí, Gordon. Beleza? Herbert Santos aqui. Você é muito bom sem kimono. Tudo bem. Mas eu sou o brabo de kimono. Vamos lutar eu e você? Tá bom? Eu vim até Los Angeles. Luto de kimono com você. Você vai até o Brasil e luta sem kimono comigo. Vamos? É nóis. Tamo junto, monstro. Parabéns pelo trabalho. Ooh. Ooh. A little bit of a challenge issue there. Spicy. <laughs> I mean, that's what we all want to see, right? Do we do we want to set it up just a, a little bit more? Because those it's not the first time those two have gone and back gone back and forth a little bit. You know, I think they have oh, they have no. a history with each other, right? They I'm not sure who called out who. who it was right around a year ago this time, right? When when that conversation was circulating about maybe a super fight going down, um, some challenges on Instagram being sent out. So let's just recap real quick for, for those who may be listening to the audio and, and didn't get to see this live on the video. But Urbeth basically says, come on, guys, let's do it, right? I'll come to L.A., fight you in the gi, but you got to come to Brazil and you got to face me no gi, right? <laughs> so they each got to go into each other's backyards. But he's flipping it, right? Because, of course, Urbeth's his wheelhouse isn't a gi. He's not really known as a no-gi guy, yeah. right? And neither is Gordon's not known as a gi guy, yeah. right? So that kind of... Does that mess with things a little bit? You know, asking Gordon to go to Brazil for a match, and I don't know. It's it's a very interesting concept. I love it. I, I, it's like I think Herbert's like, hey, you want to do the gi? Come on, let's do it. You know, I'll do it anywhere. I'll do it here in in, in America. I'll come to America. Let's let's do the gi. But you want to do no gi? You got to come to Brazil to do, <laughs> to do no gi. You got to come out to to my hood, and 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 then we'll do it there. So but, I, I think it's a. He, he's like, let's do the gi and. Uh, if you got the balls, you can come to to. to uh, but then, but Brazil. then, what is what? Because the way I see see it playing out is is Herbert dominating Gordon in the gi, and then Gordon dominating Herbert no gi. You say, hang on, so then where we go from there? Then we have a sambo final. <laughs> That's how we do it. You you honestly think that Herbert would dominate Gordon Ryan in the gi? That's a strong word. I've dominate. Never, I mean, I've I mean, never I mean, seen Gordon in the gi, so I have true. no mm-hmm. idea. But and um, Herbert's he, the world champion. He dominates everybody else. So I mean, he. he even uh, 2017, he was throwing Bouchesha to the ground, you know. So if Gordon stands and and tries to stand with him, then I I do see him dominating Gordon. Wow! <clears throat> and we just saw we just saw uh, on Gordon's social media. So I'm working with Bernardo Faria. Um, of course, Bernardo and Herbert have a history there as well. That's so. true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is this is the this is why I, I I'm not necessarily saying that Herbert can't beat him in the gi, right? Of course, but dominate is a strong word because you know. We haven't seen Gordon compete in the gi, and it's a huge question mark. But I think he's got access. I mean, he was training last weekend, like you said, with super heavyweight and absolute world champion Bernardo Faria. He was training with judo Olympic silver medalist Travis Stevens. He's training with all these high-level guys. We know he's been working out with Keenan. Keenan has a win over Urbeth, right? So dominate Urbeth? Uh, I think it's definitely, it's very, very possible that that Urbeth could dominate dominate him in the gi just because we've never seen him. we've never seen Gordon we don't know what he looks like you know, to we, flip we, the conversation too I, I do think Gordon would do quite well against Herbert Nogi I don't think it, it's almost the same conversation if I, there's I, I any believe. dominating to be done here I I will straight up say I don't think Herbert has a chance in hell against Gordon Nogi 
I really don't. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a controversial opinion because you guys yeah, are like, I, don't, uh, I mean, <laughs> it depends on the rule set, right? Well, if it's IBJJF, who knows? Nogi, if it's IBJJF, Nogi, yeah. I still think he does quite fine. I mean, uh, Gordon looked amazing at Nogi Pans. Taking away the, the reaping and the heel hooks has shown not to be a major issue for Gordon. That's why, so, that's why yeah. I think the, the gi match is a little, little bit more exciting to, to kind of think about, a little bit more exciting, a little Way more, more fairy question right? marks, you yeah. know, in, Especially, in the gi yeah. match. And, I, and Gordon, man, one thing I know about Gordon, and one thing I, I, when, I when I go there and, and, and talk to him, like, he wants to test himself. He wants to fight the best guys. He wants to do this gi stuff. He really does. I, I, can, I get that feeling from he wants to shut all his haters up Every single one of them, you know? So I, this is a challenge I, I know Gordon wouldn't now, back we, down from. We mentioned it quickly there as well about Urbeth looking like something of a changed man at the, the tournament last weekend, about how he's uh, being a lot more respectful, a lot more professional in his conduct. But also, um, the, the message was clear. He's certainly not backing down from a confrontation with Gordon. But at the same time, he was quite respectful in the words that he used in calling out Gordon, would, would we say? He was, yeah. He was a little more expected than, than I uh, anticipated he, he would be, right? <laughs> Just, um, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know. But he wanted to say something to to Gordon, and and yeah, uh, that's that's what he had to say. So I mean, yeah, I think I mean at the end he even calls him like a champion, you know. Congrats on all the success and stuff like that. And I think Gordon has earned that. He's earned the respect of the highest level guys, you know, in the game. Um, when he was coming up through the ranks, you know, everyone was still questioning Gordon, but he's done it over and over again, you know proven at the at the top level that he can hang and beat the best guys so maybe i am underestimating him here and uh what he can do in the gi well uh i definitely think that you're right the the rules are going to be a huge factor uh but you know just considering things like the location considering things like the the travel and stuff i don't think gordon's ever even been to brazil right urba's a seasoned professional athlete traveling the world competing in everywhere abu dhabi japan you name it he's been there so true love to see uh what kind of factor that would play into things as well but but i love the, that these guys are going back and forth a little bit i love that you know after winning 10 grand after you know beating jackson Souza, hudson mateus you know some of the best guys in, in in the sport the king of mats you know he wins the whole thing gets the trophy and then who does he call out gordon ryan you know i think that he's hungry yeah he's not done yet but didn't, he, but he didn't, knows he knows didn't um Urberth say that his next event is going to be a nogi event that he's going to do down he Brazil? said that he is on the fence but yeah we could see him in action at the brazilian nogi nationals uh in a couple of weeks yeah do so. we have we ever seen Urberth nogi oh man i mean a yes of, but a couple of super fights i want to say oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's super fight. I think it's just actually. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, he competed last year in, a, in ACB, um, but we've seen him in like a straight up open tournament. It's been a while. It's been a while. Because he's so he's Maybe so. LA Grand Slam like two years ago. I remember he 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 did. That's right. He did yeah. do no gi back then when they had no gi still. Yeah. His uh, his stand up game is so reliant on that snap down, the collar snap down. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do, you know, without the collar. If he can actually wrestle, if he can still take guys down without the gi. And we've seen Gordon train a lot of nogi late. I mean, a lot of um, judo lately, like you said, with Travis Stevens. We, he's always working with Gary St. Ledger in the room. So he's getting his judo prepared, too. He is. So, uh, I mean, I thought it was interesting as well when um, shortly after Urbeth won, Gordon was watching. He's paying attention because what did he post on his Instagram? He said that uh, he was not impressed. He was yeah. not impressed, but he also said, man, if you win by like a referee's decision and then you tear your gi open and you're screaming and stuff afterwards, he said, man, I would kill myself if I don't beat the guy by submission. It's like typical Gordon hyperbole, right? But yeah. <laughs> they both they both fought Max Jimenez, right? Um, 
true. Two weekends before at, at Nogi Pans, Gordon fought him twice, and then this last weekend, um, Herberth fought fought him in the um, Grand Slam in the finals. Final in the finals, finals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they both have a similar um, opponent there. In in uh, I don't know if Gordon knows how electric. Herberth is when he's out on the mat. Like I, I don't think that Herberth can contain himself. Like after he's done, he just has so much like energy. He's ready to explode. That once the match is over, he won. He's just has to let it out. Like, 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 you know, Gordon has faced the best of the best. Yeah, he's he's been up against some absolutely world class guys. But has he ever has he ever faced down somebody as intense, as motivated, as straight up dangerous as Herberth can be? Ah, I, I mean, I, I think so. Cyborg's pretty intense. He, he won gold at ADCC and placed second in absolute. I think that's as intense as you can basically get. Herberth might be a little bit on the unpredictable side of things, <laughs> uh, you could say. But I, th- I think Gordon won't be phased. But it does, I think, highlight a contrast between two kinds of competitors, right? We've talked about this a bit in the past. But some guys are calm. They want to just replicate what they do in the gym every day. And, and not be shake, shaken or excited by competition. And then there's Herbert, who's just like a live wire. You know, f- it's just insane. So. I do think that he, it would be a brand new experience for him um, if he did go down to Brazil and, and compete um, against Herbert. Where, where does Herbert live? Where is he Sao from? Paulo. Sao Paulo. So if, if, uh, maybe Sao Paulo. Um, I think that would be a, a very hostile environment, probably. And so I think that would be a, a new experience, definitely. That I'm not sure how he would handle that. But. Being great embedded series. Go to Gordon to Brazil. True, true. And I just want to uh, remind people, that go there. to flowgrappling.com <laughs> to check out the full message there from Herbert Santos calling out Gordon Ryan in no uncertain terms whatsoever. And, wow, I mean, that is a match that we definitely want to see happen. So fingers crossed we see it soon. But moving on, uh, to just recap some of the other biggest winners from last weekend. Um, Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, King of Mats, and Subversive all taking place in the same weekend. Um, moving sideways slightly, if we're talking about Grand Slam, King of Mats, let's uh, quickly touch on Subversive. I feel that personally that one of the biggest winners from the weekend, 10th Planet. Right? 100%. We saw them go into the, uh, to the team challenge. Four teams each field in five athletes and 10th planet the overall winners who wants to dive into that one man i think before we even start i think subversive itself was a win the team format was super entertaining uh the crowd was so engaged you know each team had a bunch of fans in the crowd and you know you could just feel the electricity in the air and people were pumped to watch their guys throw down for for team glory so Let, I, let's, I, let's let's be real quick a second sorry mm-hmm. to ch- cut in there chase but we, we should really make a, a point of mentioning that for all intents and purposes this is a fight to win event just yes. in partnership with uh subversive so the look the feel the production everything was you know the the the, the quality that we know comes from the fight to win series of events but they flipped the script a little bit and they offered something different this time right yeah me and chase were out there you know you can check out the vlog um to see some of the highlights that we were there for um but man so good to be there i know it's been a couple couple fight to wins since i've been to one so it was really nice to to go back there and and uh, see what seth and those guys are doing like the show is just so much fun you know the yeah, lights it is the and, biggest and party in grappling it, for sure it truly is it's such a fun fun show and uh, like I said, it's been a little while since I've been there, so I, it was nice to be reminded of how fun those shows can be, man. But really, it came down to two teams. It came down to 10th Planet and, and TLI, and uh, tensions were high, you could say, and it came down to the very last match as well. So TLI, they lost their 145 competitor before the event even began. So they entered give, forfeiting one match 
each round they did, and, and they beat CSW 4-0, and then had, uh, unfortunately, in the final, that left Gio Martinez without an op- opponent from uh, Tenth Planet. So they were already down, and they had to win every single match to get gold, and it came down to Liz Carmouche and uh, Nija Rollins. Rollins. And so it, it was just insane to watch that final go down, and uh, Liz Carmouche hit this amazing darce at the end of the match, and the whole Tenth Planet team exploded and went crazy, uh, celebrated right there in the mat. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I think yep. you just said it right there. The whole the whole team dynamic, you know, <clears throat> when people go, you go into a jiu-jitsu competition, you're out there and you're you're fighting for yourself. But, you know, you're also fighting for your team, the guys that, you know, sweat with and you bleed with on the mat. But this one, it was like the team got rewarded. You know, it was a team thing and everyone's match counted towards something. They got paid as well. And they Jane got paid. Grand for no, the winning team. Right? So after uh, Carmouche won that match, you saw all the 10th Planet guys rush the stage. It was just so much energy everyone was so happy to you know to be together representing the same flag so it was it was a really cool uh cool concept at yeah least. we don't we don't do that too often in, in jiu-jitsu for some reason do the team events you know but like you said man it makes so much sense like the jiu-jitsu teams are so tribal jiu-jitsu teams are are so tight-knit you know these guys go to bat for their teams like i know I, i'm sure out there everybody loves to to rep their team rep their their patch or something like that so it just makes a lot of sense to do more of these team team events and things and and uh, I mean technically every jiu-jitsu event is a team event right because you go to any tournament and you've always got the big uh squads all cheering each other on and stuff but um it's individual matches you know I I, I love the team format when it's actually you pick five of your best guys to go it's like up against a wrestling against. duel meet right exactly it's like, it, yeah. it really is it narrows it down team versus team there's no other there's no other people in in the bracket or anything like that it's just the, one team versus another team and you said it really well because uh you mentioned that these weren't the b teams either right true sure, no, yeah best guys from the team yeah best guys from team lloyd Irvin. best guys from carlson gracie best guys from from uh csw csw you know all of them brought brought their a team you know dj jackson tim spriggs of course Gio martinez richie martinez pj barch pj barch's guy who i'm really high on these days that guy i love his game he's got he's like the wrestler but he also has the um has the heel hooks and the has the planet tricks has, has the 10th planet stuff. he's definitely on the come up but yeah i definitely i like that pj barch i'm really high on him lately there is definitely a little bit of extra fuel to the fire too uh kyle bone from 10th planet Called out Tim Spriggs pretty uh, aggressively on Instagram before the match. Said he he runs from all his fights. That he doesn't attempt any subs. That he's a uh, I believe he said bitch boy at oh one point. Can't bleep that out. Can we say that? Yeah. On the podcast? I don't know. I don't know if that, that? I find anyone yeah. with that. But uh, <laughs> so people were a bit uh, um, disgruntled maybe with the way Tim approached that match. Tim sort of wrecked shop. Uh, did the train wreck system uh, that he calls it, I guess, on him and was smothering him using that the muffler choke that Wagner Hosha popularized uh, just a few weeks back. And it, it was definitely an entertaining match to watch, but I didn't even know that going in. It came out afterwards that there had been a little bit of shit talk. So It explained what happened on the mat then, right? Because uh, sure. they were facing off right before the mat began. They were just like staring daggers at each other right there at the middle of the mat before the match actually started and uh it was a little bit more intense than we usually see when these guys which is you know the guys just jump on the mat shake hands and boom they go right but they, they there was something going on between those two and if there were any doubts well i mean it was very clear that there was something up during the match because briggs just smothered the life out of Kyle <laughs> Hope, right he pretty Literally. much took his soul he like <laughs> he like passed his guard a bunch of times and he was doing shades of wagner hocha just hands all over his 
face. It looked and, terrible. Yeah, yeah, it looked, looked yeah. not like a lot of fun. For I don't. Sure. Th- I don't think Tim Spriggs needs any more motivation I to know. go out there and rip your head off. <laughs> like know. that guy comes into every match fired up. I remember you did a clip at ADCC when he's warming up and he's just like, man, he's over to the side. He's with DJ and they're just like slapping each other and getting crazy. Yeah, so, well, you see what happens when he does no. have motivation. <laughs> That's not on my list. It seems like, man, Tim does have um, beefs with a couple other guys in <laughs> one or two. Yeah, yeah I, mean, like, I know he had, a, he had an intense match there with Gutenberg at Worlds. And so it seems like these things kind of follow him around a little bit. Um, but for sure. That's his style, though. He likes to get in the head of his opponents, too, right? He, he's, well, he's. I think a lot a, of guys go after him, too. Like, maybe he's like a. Easy target for some reason for, they the, do, for these guys. Yeah, he's got this. Uh, he's got this persona. I think that people don't like. It kind of it definitely yeah. grates against them. But he's also equally happy to play the psychological warfare to really mess with people and stuff. You know, we've seen it happen again and again. But you want to go head to head with that guy at that game. You got to be prepared for some serious pushback because that's 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 what he loves especially right? on the mat there so yeah <laughs> yeah he was working that um like nogi ezekiel choke where it was just basically like on his ram- face yeah, yeah, ramming yeah. that fist into the throat like that that was a brutal one ouch but yeah ended up winning in overtime the, the match did end up going to overtime went through three overtimes the overtime for support versus was slightly different because i think it had a two minute yeah time two minute ca- exactly two minute time cap so it was slightly different than than the actual ebi rules um but tim ended up um ri- you know riding out and escaping kyle's uh kyle's back control and then he, he ended up winning the match so very cool end of the day though 10th planet took the win true and true. uh definitely proved you know that they really have some special going there so. yeah absolutely so any other big winners from the uh from the weekend grand slam king of mats or subversive who else stands out for you guys you had somebody for me there. yeah gabby pisana she um so this was her first competition no she fought in tokyo as a as a brown belt but she's a fairly new brown belt um she's young i think she's 18 uh, 18 years old um, and she, in the earlier rank, she was just dominating everybody. I think she was a Grand Slam winner last year. Double Grand Slam. Double Grand Slam winner. And then um, she probably had her toughest challenge last weekend at the Grand Slam, and she met up with Nacieli. So Nacieli Jesus, of course, two-time black belt, IBJJF world champion, two-time world pro champion, uh, two-time LA Grand Slam champion, all at black belt. And... Gabby, brand new brown belt going up against Nacieli in the uh, in the qualifi- qualifier rounds, I believe. It wasn't even the semifinal, right? So, And she also, I believe, last two years in a row, she was in the absolute finals. Um, so she got silver medalist in, in the... Uh, Nacieli. Abs- uh, Nacieli, yes. sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So one of the highest level, you know, female black belts in the game. And Gabby, brand new brown belt, what happened? Uh, so I think they went they went sweep for sweep, right? So it was two to two, but then there was another controversial. The yeah. There was a controversial. Was it another sweep? Takedown. Take oh, down. takedown. There's Foot a controversial sweep. takedown, right? So uh, naturally, was trying to pull guard, and she. She uh, clipped her with the with the foot to get the two there, and ended up winning the match four to two, and uh, upsetting Natchelli and going on to to win. She won the whole thing. So, so that's a pretty big deal, right? A brand new 18-year-old brown belt, literally just got promoted at the World Championships back in June, taking it to and beating the reigning uh, IBJJF World Champion, two-time black belt world champion. That's huge. A right? huge, huge win. I, I want to go on record here and say that she is the new black belt hunter. So Adolfo Vieira did this in 2009 or 10 at World Pro. When he was a brown belt, he beat um, Braulio Stima in the final, who at that time was also a two-time black belt world champion. And of course, Adolfo went on to have a very illustrious career in ADCC and grappling and uh, moved on to MMA. 
Gabby Pisana is right there as well. Brand new brown belt taking out the most elite of women's black belts. Uh, it, we can really only predict big things, I think, at this point. Yeah, I mean, we already, you know, marked her out as a talent to watch. Yeah, she's always she's already one of those athletes we see a lot of promise, but to deal with a test that tough so early in her career and and, and pass, you know, let, let's let's be honest. Regardless of how it happened, a win is a win, right? They took a hard look at that instant replay as well because at UAE JJF they have the they call it the Falcon's Eye. They have the, oh, the awesome. replay. Didn't they have that. this big flat like screen it. TV. Like yeah, big flat screen TV right next to the mat. And at the end of the match, there was like, oh, a little bit of doubt over that final call. So all three referees go over. They replay it, replay it, replay it. Point stand. So can't take that away from her. A win is a win, right? But, I mean, for me, it opens up the huge question of where do you go from there, right? She's going to have to, obviously, put in her time as a brown belt. She needs to stay one year. So she's going to go and compete at Worlds next year as a brown belt. But... Man, you have to think she could potentially be one of the youngest black belt world champions that we could see, right? Absolutely. What, what's amazing to me too is that she she trains in a down in a favela, right, in Brazil. Mm. Like, who is she training with? Who are her partners? Who is she getting these reps in with? Now she's a well built young lady, so I'm sure she's got some some uh, male training partners that she's getting the reps in with. But like, I don't know. I don't I don't see how she can rise to this level, beat a black belt world champion already. She's 18 years old and she's training in a relatively small school down in in Brazil. Just goes to show that sometimes um, special people emerge from, you know, just the the most unexpected of circumstances or situations, right? She she comes from a good team in fight. You know, they're, they're not a small team. They have an international presence. Um, but you're right. It is a small gym. It's in a favela. You know, mm -hmm. her coach, Marcio Gideas, he's a, a well-known figure on the scene, the local Rio scene, and he's a, a referee that we see a lot as well. But she's by far the biggest name to come out of that team. Uh, we've heard rumors that you know that other teams have approached her and asked if they you know she would like to join the, the bigger squads, but she seems pretty content to stay with those guys. Something's working uh, clearly. So well, of course we talked about, we talked a lot bit about that uh, last week switching teams or, or guys getting getting poached from other teams and stuff. And it sounds like you said that that people have already approached Gabby. Do, do you think that that she'll probably? Stay? Do we have any other insight? I mean, I think as long as she's winning, I think it makes sense to stay. Yeah, but yeah. She seems pretty content to stay. That's a lot of points, right? A, a, a you know, brown belt who's potentially, um, you know, on the verge of black belt and and has been winning everything at purple belt and and now brown belt. So you know, that's that's potentially Gabby could potentially bring in two gold medals at a place like a world championship. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of points. She does seem pretty content to stay, and I think. Um, there is a, there is a, points, a certain right? loyalty, that, a team loyalty there that, that is stronger than simply, oh, it's part of the team. Because um, I don't know if you guys remember at the last World Championships when, uh, when Gabby was in, the, uh, in the, the Purple Belt Finals and they have that huge squad mm -hmm. and yeah, they're all singing yeah. the songs, the favela, you know. True, they, they do seem pretty, and they had pretty flag tight. There. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, Gabby and had to tell them to... to Calm down. <laughs> Calm down a little bit, guys. Stop climbing over the barrier. Get back. Get back. Yeah. That's yeah, one of my favorite photos from the event is that I, I had the whole crowd going crazy with the flags and singing, and she's on the mat covering her face. Has she stuff. ever fought uh, Elizabeth Clay? Probably not, right? No, no. I don't think they've ever uh, crossed paths because uh, Liz is a uh, fairly uh, new purple belt, and uh, Gabby got bumped up to brown. That would be a great match. Is it, well, is it too good. soon to ask for Gabby versus Tayani? 
Oh, well, yeah. think about it. A little, a, a, a little too soon. Way off. Yeah, but yeah. in the absolute, it's always Natchielli and Gav- and and um, Tyani in the final, right? True. And True. it's and for a long time, Tyani was the brown belt, beating black belts too. Well, you know, Tyani and Gabby actually share a lot in common as well. They're from the same neighborhood really? in Rio de Janeiro, hmm. and Tyani did start off with a relatively small team as well. Hmm. And I go. think that when she was a blue belt, she went and joined alliance of course one of the biggest teams in jiu-jitsu and um rose to incredible things in her career you know but she joined them as a, a relatively lower belt right i mean gabby is already established on scene as a brown belt um but you know they're both uh, heavyweight fighters there is a a good chance that eventually when gabby gets her black belt we could see them squaring off it's crazy to think isn't it the two girls from a, a relatively small you know, impoverished neighborhood in Rio de Janeiro could end up fighting for world titles in the pyramid it's in awesome. Los Angeles. That's, you know? that's the dream, it's right? It's the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible story. I just say the women's division, though, is getting exciting. Huh? This is so. Who else do we see this weekend? Um, Gabby girl- McComb had a huge win over Bianca Basilio. So Gabby McComb, new got, black belt, new black belt, was promoted by Leticia Ribeiro this summer at some point. And uh, she didn't have a great performance at World. She's a little bit injured. So to move up and to beat one of the very best women's black belts uh, is pretty impressive performance for her. We also saw Tamara Silva from Cicero Costa win the uh, 70-kilo division, beating uh, Samantha Cook in the final. Tamara's a brown belt as well. We should make that clear. So, yeah. Tamara actually did. She beat beat, uh, Raquel Canuto on the way through to the final as well. Yeah, she did. Raquel kind of got hurt. She hurt her shoulder a little bit. She injury default. But she did right. get to the final uh, and then beat Sam Cook in the final. Also, Misa Bastos was just on another level. No one can touch her, it seems. Right. I, I think she is just head and shoulders above the rest. Um, it's kind of tough to see anybody beating her, especially at that weight class, right? Because she's like rooster eight, stroke light featherweight. Aren't that many girls out there, I think, who have got an answer for Misa. So. Yeah, 49 kilograms is, is a little bit of a small division. But, but I yeah. do agree. I mean, a lot of new blood in the female black belt divisions. The, those those divisions are really starting to, to fill out with a lot of the additions of these new um, brown belt girls who, who are just getting promoted and, and stuff. So that's, I got that's... I got one more guy. I got one more guy that I want to bring up from last weekend. All right. right? Okay. No. <laughs> moving, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Topics table. It's over. Let's give him his due because this guy, he's been putting in the work for years and years and years and he finally did it, finally broke that barrier. Man, Gianni Grippo Mm. finally got that win he's been searching for all this time against his rival, Paolo Miao. In all this time that they've been black belts, Paolo has always won against Gianni. And man, it was close. It was very close. It was close. It's always but close. Gianni pulled it off this time. It's always right? close. Man. Last time at, at World Pro this this year in 2018, I think it came down to a, a sweep or an advantage or it might have even been a ref's decision. But it's always right down to the wire. A lot of Gianni's matches are like that. So it was really nice to see him get the nod and then take home the, the victory and the cash. I was so impressed with, with uh, his composure in the beginning of that match. He he was in some deep waters. Paulo had almost taken his back with a nice, uh, just beautiful sequence there. And Gianni managed to get his shoulders to the mat and and not just recover, but you know get on top. And it's like, oh my God. He, there was that moment yeah. when, when Paulo was like almost on it. And I really thought, oh. 
Yeah, I think he might have had one hook it. in. I mean, he it was, did. Yeah, yeah, it was, very it was close. super close. And when uh, Paolo's that close to taking the back, yeah. you know, it's not like, like many people shut that down, yeah, right? For real. So, but I, I do, I do want to just give some shout out to Johnny Man because that dude's had a, a busy couple weeks, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and I, and it just goes to show one of the reasons why I like Johnny Grippo so much. Dude fought um, submission only. 15-minute no-time-limit match against John Calistine, then switches gears to Nogi Pans and ends up winning Nogi Pans. Uh, um, looked, looked great. IBJJF Nogi Pans, that is. And then came out here in the Gi to do the uh, LA Grand Slam. So three wildly different rule sets, wildly different competitions over the course of uh, four or five weeks, I, I believe. And, uh, man, that dude doesn't... He's always Doesn't game. Care. He's yeah. always game. Whatever rule set, he, he's down for it. So I, I appreciate that. And he'll be competing under another rule set very soon because he's in for Kasai Pro 445-pound tournaments. <sighs> Man, those no stop. round robin event, one of our favorites on the calendar. So. As is Paolo, we should. So there's a chance. Sure. Rematch. We, yeah, a chance we could see a very quick rematch for that, right? A different format because they fought under six-minute rules both at World Pro and here at the Grand Slam last weekend as well, right? And like you said, it's the first time Johnny's beaten Paolo. Do we know how many times Paolo's beaten, beaten Johnny? Because I think it's a handful of times at least. Um, it's a few. It's yeah. a few, yeah. yeah. So, so Paolo's always seemed to have Johnny's number. We'll see if uh, the tables turn permanently. So uh, Kasai Pro 4 coming up very soon, uh, November 10th in New York. And uh, I think it's uh, important to note that they're uh, starting to release the names for this show right now. Obviously, a show that we're very excited about because the last couple have been stellar. So much events. fun! Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much fun. But man, they've already uh, they've already been putting out some really cool names. Uh, first off, the super fight: Edwin Najmi versus Hanato Kanuto. We can expect to see that Fire go down what? at Kasai Pro. <laughs> that That's crazy. crazy. I'm so excited for this match. Hanato Kanuto is definitely top. Two most exciting jiu-jitsu athletes on the planet. The dude is unpredictable. He's, he's like a cat. He's jumping over the place. But I think the, maybe the more elusive athlete would be Edwin Najri in this case, where he's always so relaxed, so chill, and then he just finishes fights out of nowhere. So <laughs> yeah, he does. I and cannot I, wait. I, Edwin was there for the uh, for the Grand Slam and uh, and King of Mats because he was supporting his teammate Gabriel Ajis, right, who fought in King of Mats. And um, he came away from that tournament, and he, oh, he wasn't complimentary about some people's performances he felt that some guys were just trying to you know pick up wins without really going out there to fight and uh his exact words were there are two types of fighters in jiu-jitsu this is edwin Najmi. this is edwin there are two types of fighters in jiu-jitsu one who tries to beat the opponent and one who tries to beat the system now i gotta say hinato and edwin definitely both people who try to beat their opponents right 100 percent yeah, I mean, I think those two guys, they've had similar trajectories, right? And they have similar styles. I think a lot of people um, talk about them as having similar games. Of course, both guys are known for flying submission, uh, um, Hanato for the flying armbar, and uh, Edwin for the for the flying triangle. So both guys are always trying to finish the fight, whether they're standing or, or whether they're on the ground. So I, I don't really see them too often um, trying to play the points game, trying to play the advantage game. You know, both guys um, have success in the IBJJF tournament uh, scene. So, but but like I said, most of the time they're they're trying to submit their guys, and and so they definitely don't try to beat the system usually. If there's just an early analysis of this, I think if there's any one area that uh, that one has an edge over the other, I think Hanato has the uh, the edge in the stand up, right? Because we've seen him, we've seen him shoot takedowns, we've seen him. Sub- 
big, huge throws, but they're both really good at flying attacks as well, right? Mm-hmm. But we, we really never really see Edwin wrestle. Edwin's so much, good, right? though, at the darts off a shot. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Guys yeah. wrestle yeah, him, yeah. And, he, and he taps him with the darts. He hopes they shoot sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I am curious how the no-gi element, I feel like Edwin's more of a gi player, and Hanato has shown to be an excellent no-gi athlete, uh, as well as a gi athlete. So no-gi world champion. Um, but Edwin has a win, a submission win, no less, over 2015 ADCC champion Davi Hamos. That's what he does. Took yep. his back and choked him. You know, that's why this match is so fun. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I think, I think Edwin's comment about being a, a, like, fighting the system or fighting the opponent is like is almost the same thing as like what Bouchesh is saying with Nutella, right? And almost same thing as Hamulos with this whole Pahada thing. Just go out there and fight. It's like it's really interesting because we're seeing the the, the athletes now who are tired of these kind of points players or guys who are, you know, really trying to win based on. Uh, strategy as opposed to like gaming the system as opposed to actually going out in there and fight whereas it was formerly more so like the spectators like oh we don't want to see this right but now it's like it's in the group of athletes they're tired of this people who are going out there and and trying to just win gold medals without actually really going hard and facing each other so it's kind of cool though that change is coming from within right Oh, totally, yeah. I think Edwin's a perfect guy because he's, you know, explosive and dynamic. But when I was thinking about it, it's kind of interesting because anytime you have rules, you're going to have people who try to exploit the rules. You're going to have people who try. sport, right? I was thinking about it yesterday, like baseball. Like, you are allowed to walk a batter. You're allowed to throw four straight balls, intentionally walk someone to, so you don't have to pitch to him if he's a really good hitter or to – you know, whatever you want to do, whatever the, the situation is. Same thing with a guy in the end zone, catches a football in the end zone. He can take a knee. He doesn't have to run it out, although we'd love to see him run it out and get decked, right? But it's kind of the same thing as going on jiu-jitsu where these guys are like, you know, they're, they're gaming the system to win, and if there's money on the line, you got to think, like, you got to be smart too. You know, you, you got to go out and fight your opponent, but you also have to play the rules. I'm with you on this. I, I was thinking about the same idea. But at the same time, I think there is diminishing returns. You might win a match in a horrible fashion where it's really boring. You're not going to get booked again. So guys are incentivized, I think, to be entertaining and win. But, you know, there, there are some athletes out there that lose quite a bit, but they keep getting booked again and again because they're exciting. And that's, I think... Do um, you think of anybody... I'm not going to name anybody's any names. Free I won't name any names. But I well, what about this? What if, what if you go out there, you say you have a couple of easy fights in your first couple of rounds, right? You go out there and you, you go hard, you go after the opponent, but then in the final, you play the rules for the money. You know, it's like, it's just this thing that's going to always happen. As long as there's rules, as long as there's, there's set defined rules, you're going to have people who try to, to work them. That's human nature, right? Human nature. So this is why we love to see those guys who come to fight. It's the big thing. And uh, Kasai Pro, um, check on Flow Grappling. We've got a bunch of news about people signing up or people being announced for that event. John Calistine is in. Bruno Frazato is in. We mentioned Gianni and Paolo Miao. More big names to come. Keep an eye out for that next week. And uh, speaking of upcoming events, we've got a couple more on Flow Grappling next week. We've got Rise Invitational this weekend, actually. Um which is another New York submission grappling event. Big main event, Munchy Manshakera up against Jason Rao. And then in the co-main, you got Matthias Lutz versus Nick Ronan. A couple of good matches right there. What do we think? Man, so pumped to see Munchy back grappling. He, uh, I don't think he's been 
competing since last Kasai or the inaugural Kasai last December. Right. Yeah, uh, just been training MMA at Team Alpha Male over there and in Northern California. So he's back on the East Coast, ready to take on Jason Rao, who's been working really hard to make himself a household name. You know, a, a competitive grappler out of out of Danaher's basement there. So looking forward to that matchup quite a bit. Rao is one of the guys who I think um, impressed me the most at, at Kasai Three. I mentioned PJ Barch <clears throat> earlier as well, um, but but Rao I thought looked. Fantastic, especially his submission win over um, Victor Silverio there, the the heel hook that, yes. he, that he got to Jason. I think, and and Craig even talking to Craig beforehand, Craig you know said that he he thought that Jason was his his toughest training partner, you know, and that's something that's pretty high praise to coming from uh, such a stacked room there at, at Danaher's. So I, I'm really really excited to see Jason Rao excel. Matthias Lutz uh, versus Nick Ronan is another great match as well. Matthias Lutz, um, we saw him in action at Kasai. Took uh, third place. Took third place, which Beat is uh, no mean feat. Match, yeah. And uh, he won the absolute uh, Nogi Pans very recently as well. So, you know, being a middleweight, that's uh, that's a pretty big deal. He's tough. He's got a really well-rounded game too. You know, he's got, uh, he's got good wrestling. He's a good top player. I think we saw a little bit of his guard too. He's one of those. He's got one of those guards where he likes to come up from the bottom and wrestle. Um, he's just tough as nails. You know, he's training with those tough room with uh, Marcelo Garcia. So I'm looking forward to seeing him the most. Man, yeah. I gotta say, Matias didn't have it easy at Nogi Pants. He actually fought a couple of really big dudes in the absolute. Mm-hmm. And there was at one point I remember like some guy had his back and he was like cranking on his neck, and I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> I didn't expect that. The guy's yeah. huge, but Matias just a, such a pro. You know got out I'm sure he's been there a thousand times before got out flipped it and managed to win each time so he's a very he's a real a guy who's really coming into his game I feel right you know we've seen him through the color belts but now uh, he can't be far off black belt right he's actually he's beaten Jason Rao twice now he beat him at the uh, Kasai qualifiers to, to, to win the spot for the tournament mm. and then he and then Jason got a spot as well and he they fought him in the was it thir- third place they fought? Third place. Yeah, yeah, so they fought for third place. He beat him for third place. So I think Nick Ronan going to be trying to get one back for Dan and Death Squad. Very cool. Very cool. And um, fight to win this weekend as well. We've got Anna Carolina Vieira uh, up against Chelsea Lions for the 155-pound Nogi title, I believe. That's right. And uh, we also got a couple of great super fights on there. Formiga, that's Rafael Barbosa, up against Luis Dencino. That's a... Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting match, right? Because uh, you've got two Brazilians based in Texas, one in Dallas, one in Houston. Mm. Uh, really intriguing match. Also got Igor Paiva versus Will Durkey. Some really, really solid black belts on this card. A couple of really interesting uh, uh, colored belts coming through. I believe Samuel Nagai is on there. We, oh, yeah. yeah we, he's a brown belt now. We saw him at Worlds as a purple, uh, purple belt world him. champion. Yeah, that might be my uh, most anticipated match. He is a guy who, who ran through one of the most stacked purple belt brackets, beating Jonathan Owls, the AOJ murderer um, in the final in a great match so I want to I want to see where he's at now it's been a few months I don't think he's been competing uh, since he got his brown belt so I'm I can't wait to, to see baby I was I was actually at the Miami event when she won the 145 uh, black belt no gi title and uh, she didn't realize that if you win that you also win an actual belt mm. and, and when they brought her the belt she just lost it she, oh my gosh that's mine so <laughs> she gets another one this weekend I'm excited the to champ see. champ two belts <laughs> Dallas is cool man Dallas Dallas shows up usually for the um, for fight to win we've been to that one a couple times oh, yeah, and, it's a fun and, show. and Dallas is, is a fun one nice well lots on lots of lots of events to look forward to over the next couple of weeks uh, we'll be doing our best to cover those 
and to uh, make sure that we're on top of that, giving you guys all the news. Uh, a couple of other interesting events later in October to keep an eye on. Um, we've got World Series of Grappling on October 7th, and then we've got the Kasai Pro 4 Qualifiers are on October 13th. Now, important to mention as well that registration is open for both those events, so if you're watching this and you want to get a shot at 20 grand for the winner of the World Series of Grappling, Brown and Black Belt Combined Division, or you want to fight your way onto the Kasai Pro 445 pound tournament, then both of those trials events, uh, oh, excuse me, the, both of those events will be live on Flow and information on our site. More You're there. forgetting uh, one important event. I'll be in Romania Real. for ADCC European <laughs> Trials. How could I forget? Yeah, I don't know. With you, Vlad. You're going to miss me. Um, October 6th. Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a wild weekend. I'll be there for a few days. So if you're in Bucharest, come find me because I'm going to need some help out there, I think, getting around. But uh, it's going to be Nobody's exciting. watching. First from ADCC from Bucharest. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> watching. Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, hey, no, any European grapplers who might be heading over yeah, to yeah, the, the, the European we'll trials, yeah, let us know. Oh, man, because uh, need as many friendly faces as we can get, right? I also switched. I also wanted to update. While I was at Subversive, I was able to uncover the Carlson Gracie secret handshake. I just, wanted, I just wanted to update everybody. They, on that. Yeah. they have a handshake. You know do you want it me now. Show it to you? Do you want me to show it to you? Yeah, yeah. It's a secret. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> what are you doing? Do it under, <laughs> under the table. Under the table. Yeah, yeah. Maybe later. I'll show that. All right, guys, I think that's it for another episode. Thanks for joining us, as always, and we'll see you again soon.